Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, we talk about uh, D&D Live, which was announced. It's going to be all online with celebrities and not many of us community members. Uh, we're not bitter, it's fine. Um, and we're, we also talk about the Mike Merle's controversy that is happening on Twitter. Um, it's a good show. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to a wonderful holiday weekend. Yeah, it's edition. Memorial Day. I got yes. Monday off. I'm excited. Monday off. <laughs> I'm going to... The, the idea is maybe, because uh, we'll get into this a little bit later, but I, I had to cancel my Dungeon Crawl Classics game last Sunday. Mm -hmm. um because of reasons and then we were like oh well is anybody doing anything for memorial day maybe we can street or uh do the online thing on memorial day so uh maybe monday but i'm not entirely sure like an all-day session wouldn't that be so much fun? oh it would be really good well <laughs> yeah that would be fun i would do that <laughs> um yeah so welcome guys this is really exciting to have all of you here thank you for being in chat thank you uh we stream live on youtube and twitch uh, you can search for uh, Saturday Morning D&D Show and you will find us. Um, it's always very exciting. Um, we are going to talk. Ooh, I got all kinds of stuff going on. Okay, I do. Lucian, take it away. I got to give my phone to my wife. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So we have news today. So we'll give you a little news on uh, Jordan there too. He is in the middle of buying a house or wanting to sell his house so he's taking a few calls here and there and we knew that might happen over the weekend because people like to come and look at houses and set those appointments up so no big deal for us we are going to be starting our news because we got a lot of news to go over and talk about because finally we had some stuff coming from dungeons and dragons from wizards of the coast kind of breaking out some of their news finally and saying hey here's what's going to be happening it's kind of been behind closed doors and i know jordan want to talk about this but i'll get us started and it's the D&D Live event uh, 2020 is going to happen. And we have the dates of June 18th through June 20th. It's easy for you to remember because all you guys have to do is say June 20th, which is my birthday. So all you have to do to remember D&D Live is think, you know, it's on Lucian's birthday. It'll be perfect. You'll remember. Uh, um, really? No, no your, presents. Your birthday needed. is D&D Live? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, June 20th. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, we... The, a little insight into the life of Jordan. Uh, I'm selling my house because we need a bigger house. And uh, I think people want to come see it. So I had, in order to do the show, I, anyway, my, my phone's blowing up because people want to come <laughs> look at the house. So, um, D&D &D Live. D &D Live. That's, yeah. we thought it was coming. It's happening. We thought it was canceled. Uh, we thought it was canceled. Yeah. Um, a lot of things happening. I, I, uh, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. That they're doing this. Um, Lots of stars, like Karen Jillian and uh, who else did I see? Uh, Brandon Matthew Lillard. My, my, I was like, Superman's going to be there. It's going to be <laughs> so. Yeah, they're doing a um, they're doing a, a lot of stuff with celebrities, and I I mm -hmm. don't know if I like that's the direction they're going mm -hmm. because it's like do I mean they've got some cool people. Uh, specifically, Thomas uh, Middlech and Brian Pesane, uh, they love D&D. Yeah. &D. They do a lot of stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. This tie-in with wrestling, 
Like yeah, I don't know. Got a wrestling I, I, show. What's the what's the crossover between Dungeons and Dragons and wrestling? I would like to see that diagram. It's the it's the Ack Inc. It's they they were letting Xavier Woods into Ack Inc. and he's a huge wrestler, popular yeah. wrestler, and he's been getting all his friends from wrestling to come and play Dungeons okay. and Dragons games. So he's kind of been the catalyst once he got on the Ack Inc. and they brought him in because they knew he plays a lot of games. He's a, he's got a gaming YouTube channel out there. And uh, he's a big gamer, so it kind of made sense. And he's a funny addition to that group. And now we're just seeing more and more. And like we remember last year too, they did the the big show, and they did Joe, and they did yeah, um, they did all the big muscly guys in one adventure with oh, Mike that's Merles. Right. And now they're going to do another all wrestling one. But it sounded like it had like Alexa Bliss, and it had like a bunch of really cool yeah. young uh, enterprising uh, wrestlers that are out there. That you know, they're just like us. I think they're just they're normal people that like to play a game here or there. So I think that's kind of cool, but I do agree with you. This move to, it's like the Hollywood version of Dungeons and Dragons. And for us who have a hobby and we think we're a part of it, it's hard to feel as a part of it. If it's all about Hollywood movie stars and TV show stars playing it because we don't relate to them as much versus when they were having, you know, web DM show up at D and D live last year, or they had, you know, um, any of the other and it's ned was there uh or ted from um yeah, nerd ted. immersion and and um you know all the people that we kind of recognize in the community were there they weren't necessarily just celebrities this one does seem to be more of a celebrity based D D live and and maybe so. it's like i don't know i, I don't know like I, it's probably a lot easier to get those celebrities because it's just like mm -hmm. we just need you to have a webcam and this like that but there are a lot of really awesome professional streamers that are doing creative stuff in the world of D and D. Um, and I'm not, I feel bad. I feel like I'm, I'm taking, I'm saying bad things about Deborah Ann wool and I'm not, she's a really good DM. She's a really cool person, but Lord, like they tried this yeah. formula with her already where she mm -hmm. had Kevin Smith and, and all of these people who didn't really know D and D or play D and D, but they're like, yeah, let's get these celebrities. We'll make them play D and D. And those games weren't for me, very interesting to watch. Because they're just like, mm -hmm. I don't, what do I do? I don't know. And like, I don't know. It's just, I don't think that's getting people into the hobby more than uh, something like uh, a rod of seven parts on Wednesdays at 830 on Nerd Immersion. But something like that. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so, again, this nice feels weird because <laughs> uh, in the past, Wizards of the Coast has really embraced Twitch and they've really embraced podcasting. They've never really embraced mm -hmm. YouTube. But they've, they've embraced the people, the culture of Twitch and the culture of podcasting, um, that they're working with those creators to help further the brand. Uh, mm -hmm. This feels like, oh, now that we're big enough, we don't need you anymore because we can get all these celebrities. And mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't want to say that I was hurt by this, but I was kind of like, really, guys? Like, you don't want to? And already there were people on Twitter that are just like, do you guys want to do your own thing? Like, maybe during D&D &D Live, we stream a bunch of stuff and we do this. Not out of, like, spite, but just that they want to be a part of it, but they, they weren't invited, involved. you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm looking at... Uh, DCC days, which is literally the week before D&D Live. And I just feel that Goodman Games is doing it correctly where you like sign up and they're going to do some like speakers and stuff about what's new with the company. But they're also going to do uh, you sign up as a DM to run games and then they live stream those games back and forth. 
and mm-hmm. on their Twitch channel. And it, it exposes more, I don't know, just like this person's cool and this person's doing this. And like, I had no idea that this type of game existed for DCC. And I'm like, why don't you do that with D&D live? It could have been, and then you you did last time. I, that's, I guess that's my point. Last year, it was like, here's a streaming booth and WebDM got to sit down and just talk like during D&D live and promote the event on their mm-hmm. YouTube channel. And I'm like, that's cool. But yeah. uh, we don't have that. I don't know. We don't have that this year. And I think I think what the difference is, is, is there are two types of events. And this year we're getting the marketing event, which obviously they think, hey, we can reach people who don't know about D&D if yeah. we go outside of the community. Because if we bring in, you know, your our show, if we bring in uh, Nerd Immersion, if we bring in um, WebDM, they're already part of the community. They're not bringing in any more than they already have yeah. at that point least a little bit it's the same community if you're going outside of that and bringing people in that aren't in this community yet you have to do something different but that's a marketing event to bring stuff in whereas last year we got a community event Mm -hmm. so they have to i think they have to decide which one they want to do and last year we got a community event this year we're getting a marketing one so what it feels like Uh, yeah i you can have both i guess i would make that well i guess you could you you don't need to do that so uh, I, I, I don't you. know, but lots of stars, not a lot of community members, which made me sad. Uh, the cool thing about this, though, is a lot of the proceeds are going to be shared or they're going directly to Red Nose Day. Red Nose. And yeah. Red Nose Day is a campaign to end child poverty, and they fund mm-hmm. a lot of programs that keep children safe, healthy, and educated um, from feeding them to just creating, like, like after-school things. And, and I don't mm-hmm. know, it's just really good program. And... Uh, I believe Matt uh, Matt Mercer did something with Stephen Colbert for Red Nose Day in the past. That was D and D related. He ran a one on one D and D game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We talked about it last year. Yep. Um, so they have uh, an and they published an adventure, DM's Guild adventure mm-hmm. called Return to Glory, where all of the proceeds are going to go to Red Nose Day. Um, I'm really curious about this. It's ten dollars, which is not. I mean, that's pretty good for an adventure, uh, it, but it's $10, and I was thinking, it, sorry, my point is, is it's all orc adventure. It's an all orc adventure, and uh, we haven't seen something like that, so it'd be kind of mm-hmm. fun to like run run this adventure where every one of your players needs to be an orc, and I like that yeah. idea. Yeah. So. We've talked about like an all dwarf adventure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this is that in that same vein where you have that very everybody's playing kind of the same. No, and I like that. Like, what if we were all halflings and that would be fun. And I like that idea. Exactly. That's kind of cool. Um, And they have some funny t-shirts available and things like that. Again, proceeds go to Red Nose Day. So that's really cool. And I think that's a smart partnership because D&D is is about uh, not necessarily like feeding hungry kids, but like Mm -hmm. after school programs that help people and bring community and things like that. And like D&D just feels like a tool that a red nose day uh, facility would use, you know, like that. You so. just gave me a good question to ask you then. Okay. Um, so I remember in the eighties D and D was geared towards kids, teenagers yeah. playing, maybe middle schoolers playing, yeah. getting into the, into the hobby. And it felt like that's where the marketing was. We had cartoons. It was something that we did as middle schoolers. Do you feel that's where D and D is now? Or is D and D become an adult product? Or is it still a kid's product at this point? Or is it somehow a universal product? They, they span the gap and they've got everybody can is is targeted for this. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I got into D&D when I was like 30. So I think, 
I think it's a universal like, are a problem. lot of middle schoolers you know playing? Do you know any um, middle schoolers? I don't know any middle schoolers. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Nephews, cousins. Uh, but uh, I think I think it is popular in schools. Like okay. I would I would assume. But yeah, I don't. Uh, my nephews don't play. Um, yeah, but, my, my none of my nephews yeah. and nieces play. I've like, been I'm, asking them if they want to, and they're they're just kind of like <laughs> the older one wants to play Fortnite, and the younger one is just really into Pokemon. And I'm like, okay, yeah. have fun. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, but no, it's, it's, uh, D and D yeah. AJ Pickett make the Hi AJ. Nice to see you in chat. That's really hey, great to AJ. have you here. Um, he made a good point saying that D and D as improv comedy is becoming its own thing. Um, it's, it's yeah. almost like a sub genre of a real play and, and, uh, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's just not the same. And you have a situation like, uh, this D and D live event where they're pushing heavily into D and D comedy improv. Um, and those can be fun, but you're well, right. It's not not yeah. not for everyone because not everyone wants like silly jokes at the table. Sometimes they're like, yeah. I really like where this story is going. Popularity of Rick and Morty so, are probably yes. pushing a little bit of that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can see it. Um. Yeah. And I want the T-shirt. The yeah, T-shirt is a, is a snowy owl bear, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. So it's, it, I think the T-shirt's pretty cool. And I think if you buy a T-shirt, those proceeds go to Red Nose yep. Day. So, so. Yeah. So lots of cool stuff. D&D Live, we will, uh, hey, it ends on a Saturday, so I'm sure they're going to announce something. And on we'll Lucian's probably birthday. have lots of June 20th. lots of stuff talking about uh, <laughs> Lucian's birthday included. Um, have a birthday party. Please send D&D all live. birthday presents to Jordan with a PH. <laughs> yeah, P.O. Box. For me. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we're still waiting on Mythic Odyssey, Odyssey guys. Of- I woke up real early because of a baby. Mythic Odysseys of Theros. uh, And we've talked about this before, but like digitally it's going to come out June 2nd. Do you think that's going to hurt the printed sales? Because the people excited for it are going to be like, well, and then they say, well, I already have it on. So here's here's what I usually do. I buy the printed book. And -hmm. then if I like it enough, I'm like, yeah, I probably want to get that on D&D Beyond as well. But this way, I really think I'm like, well, I'll probably pick it up on D&D Beyond because I want to review it. I want to talk about it. We want to talk about it on the show. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I don't know if I'm going to need the physical book, depending True. on how good it is. We'll see. And but. I think my point would be, I think it's COVID-19 that's going to hurt publishing sales in general. I think that's the it, problem. Yes. Shipping and sales okay, there's for a lot of things. hardcover books are going to be the problem this year because we can't get into our hobby stores to actually get them yes. until until soon, right? Because it won't even come out until July, the yeah. printed version, which you're saying. But I do agree. But, but that's my, my point is like they could yep. also delay the, the digital release. And maybe they, they can't. Could. Maybe they're under contract with uh, D&D Beyond because they are separate companies. Yeah. Um, so... Maybe they're under contract that they have to do this, but I, I really think it's going to hurt the, the sales. Or I think they have an in-stone schedule that they can't just willy-nilly move. Okay, well, let's move this book out three months because that shoots their two-year schedule that they've got out because they've got such a, I feel, I'm guessing, a concrete schedule out to almost two or three years out of their releases. They already know what books are coming out when. And so a big wrench like that being thrown into the works, I don't know if they'd want to do that because they're probably already printing the next announced book at this point, or they're working on the ends of that because this one's printed, done, and ready to be shipped, but Mm -hmm. they just aren't going to, you know, I'm sure those ones are done at this point. They're not even, I bet they're even printed and just waiting in a warehouse somewhere before they get out there. So, um, yeah, I think it'll hurt sales. I think we're always going to continue to make that discussion now where, I have the electronic version and I paid full price for that anyways. 
do I really need this? Buy it a second time. That's going to keep happening from here on out as we try to weigh our wallets as far as do I do I just keep collecting PDFs or do I do I keep putting them on my shelves? I mean, you're about to move. You're going to fill <laughs> boxes and boxes of these books yeah. and you're going to start thinking when you pick that first one up that's full of box, you're going to be like, why do I have this printed versions? Again? No, I love <laughs> I love printed versions though. Like I, I, I tweeted this I out just recently. Through. I mean, I have a PDF version of Dungeon Crawl Classics. I have a physical version of Dungeon Crawl Classics. I bought another physical book because I wanted to have a book I could share with people at the table when they're looking up spells and stuff and a book that I could reference at the same time. And so mm -hmm. uh, I literally bought the same book twice. And the only reason I haven't bought a two PDF or uh, player's handbooks mm -hmm. is because my players ended up picking up their own copies. And I'm like, oh, now we have enough copies at the table. This is fun. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. I, now that I'm using D&D Beyond a lot more and control F to find exactly what you need in a PDF. Um, and a lot of those PDFs of other RPGs, because they're not released for, uh, you have to use D&D Beyond for Dungeons and Dragons, but um, a lot of those PDFs are bookmarked and you can just find mm -hmm. exactly where you need to go without flipping through. It's really nice. So, but I, I don't know. I just, I think it's weird that they're releasing it on June 2nd. And I'm like, why don't you just yeah. release it ex whenever the, the July, you just have to throw a switch for D&D Beyond. Cause I just really feel it's going to hurt the sales of that, but I don't know. Well, we'll and I think they got to get it out for their event, right? June 2nd. So they want to Oh, that's event, probably June it. 20th, yeah. There's a bunch of Theros games being run there. You're right. Uh, You're right. And they've already got, yeah, that's exactly it. So I, yeah, I'm, print, I'm print merchandising. So they probably want to do toys. Mm. They want to do the miniature figures from WizKids. They want to do dice sets and stuff. Probably they're going to be coming out. So they probably have a lot around a book release too. So that just to keep those on track. So I'm, I'm excited. I want this book. I, I love the Ravnica book, which was the magic, the gathering book previous to this one. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get this one. Cause the artwork that I've seen so far looked fantastic. Yeah. And I like being able to flip through high res pictures of the D and D art. Um, does it have a lot of content I'm going to use? I don't know. I haven't been, it didn't pop into my head that said, boy, I wish we had a Greek themed campaign setting because I've been really wanting to run this Greek themed game and I didn't have anything to kind of give me inspiration. So that had never really popped up, but I do like magic, the gathering. I do know we're getting a couple of subclass player stuff. We're probably getting some race stuff in there. We're definitely going to get some campaign setting stuff. So maybe some new rules, definitely some new monsters to use and things like that. Maybe some new spells, so it does feel like that's the kind of book I've been waiting for, stuff to give us some more tools and, and toys to play with um, in a campaign book, or I'd really like another Xanathar's at some point, which is kind of leading into one of your previous questions there just before we, uh, that you put in the notes. Do we think D&D Live is going to have any type of announcement for us as far as what's coming next? So what, what might we even see next? No, I think they definitely will. So uh, when was uh, Theros announced, like, February or after wild mount was out for, I want to say that was in March two weeks. It had released yeah. for about two weeks. They gave it a good push for that whole full week, a little bit of a push the second week. And then I think we heard about um, the next book. After yeah. That. Yeah. So uh, yes, it's uh, this book um, is they're going to announce a new book and it's going to come out October, November for Christmas and things like that. So that's my, that's right. what I'm saying. So what, what are you putting your money on then? Are you putting your money? Cause that means June 20th or June 19th or June 18th. We'll hear 
about yeah. what the next thing to be excited about. Do you think it'll be a book of stuff, a campaign book, uh, bringing back one of the old worlds? We can get a Spelljammer, we can get a Dark Sun, we can get a new campaign, or we can get a Forgotten Realms campaign again when we haven't had one this year. Um, I think it's going to be, I actually think it might be two books. And one of them is going to be uh, uh, a camp or uh, an adventure. And it'll probably be a Forgotten Realms adventure. Um, and then I think also that you're going to get a alternate ways to play D&D. &D. And mm -hmm. a lot of those, uh, it's going to have extra subclasses, but it's also going to say, here's an expanded spell list for bards. Here's an expanded spell list for sorcerers. Here's some extra feats. Here's some extra stuff. Do you do you uh, instead of instead of uh, taking a feat or ability score improvement, you get both at levels four and level eight. And I, I think that's what they're going to do is they're going to say uh, people are genuinely. Sucks. And I was talking about this with Ted, but like people are genuine people who are really into D and D, like myself. Um, are and your and yourself as well are getting a little bored because they've played or they've messed around with every combination. You know, they they took this race with this, and so now they're trying to like squeeze some kind of like a theme through characters where they're like, I'm gonna take the Yuanti and I'm gonna give him this, and he's gonna have mm -hmm. this feat, and he's gonna take five levels of this to kind of like how do I massage this system to make it do something that is interesting to me? You can create a lot more pathways for people to do that by introducing free feats, by introducing um, mm. new races and new subclasses and things like that. So I think it's going to be like a D&D 5 5th edition plus and it's going to, you know, like you can always play by the old rules, but if you're a veteran, like these newer rules can spice up the game a little bit more. So you and think we're about to get to D&D 5.5 just no. like we got to 3.5 at some point. No, because 3.5, I mean, if we want to be correct, 3.5 was released to fix balance issues. And I think D&D &D 5e is balanced. I think they're going to almost unbalance it, like push it in the other direction where it's going to be like, you could always go back and use these rules, but like it might be fun. And we, I don't know, I've talked about it with friends before. Like what, is there a huge harm in having everybody be able to get a feat at first level? And, and you look at it and it's like, not really. It just kind of opens up some cool things. Like, well, my moderately armored rogue, I could actually take this feat and wear medium armor. That's kind of fun. Like, I don't know. And so like you start thinking, and I think that's what it's gonna be. I think we're gonna get more more options. Uh, not in the, in there will be subclasses, but I think overall it's going to be, uh, here's a different way to play. So, and who knows, maybe that'll actually, uh, tie in with a fixed ranger, you know, like you could always play the original ranger, but like we, <laughs> we redid it a little, you know? So. Interesting. I'm thinking, yeah, I think our next big book is a, is going to be a Xanathar style mash of here's a bunch of cool things you can add to your campaign worlds that could work in any campaign world, subclasses, um, spells, um, in, you know, new encounter stuff, maybe, um, maybe tying in that um, the new thing from Wildmount that everybody was raving about the that has all the background stuff tied into yes. it. Yes. 
um, put that into an official, uh, you know, an yeah. official book where so you I think create rivals that. and yeah. And you create yeah. like a backstory that gets to unfold in the campaign. That, that was a really cool part yeah. of wild Mount. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking we're going to get, but I can't believe, are we, I can't believe we, I've not seen a forgotten realms adventure this year. Is this the year we don't see a forgotten realms adventure? We're just done. That's it. We went storm King's thunder. You know, we went through tomb of annihilation. We went through water deep. We went through, um, Red Wizard. Last one was traveling down to hell. <laughs> Is that yeah. it? We're done with. But we. Got I don't Boulder's think they're done. Game. I think. I think they'll so have got a tie one, in. So. Yeah, they got the video game coming, so they got to do more tie-in stuff with Baldur's yeah. Gate. So, all right. Well, we'll see. I think it'll be interesting. Um, I'm excited for it. Again, I'm a big Magic: The Gathering fan, so when they bring in some of those worlds, because I love the artwork, and I would love a rule book that says, "Okay, we've been bringing in." the aesthetic of Magic the Gathering to D&D, but it's still D&D rules and classes. Mm -hmm. I would love a book that said, what if we brought the D&D aesthetic, but we use the rules and stuff of Magic the Gathering? So your planeswalkers and your spells and your summonings and your, is there another way to play a game like that with some role-playing rules that let us role-play more of a Magic the Gathering game instead of it being a card game? And it plays and feels like a Magic the Gathering battle and duel mm -hmm. versus we're just using some of the pieces we're just using the look of their minotaurs we're using you know the 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 world that they're they're fighting over are we going to get some of that so i wouldn't mind seeing some of that kind of thing too so it'd be interesting um we all for those of us that were going to be going did get in our emails the sad sad news that Single gen tier. con yep gen con has uh canceled for this year i went and checked my room was automatically um canceled so i didn't have to go in and do anything when i read the web page originally it said that you could refund your badge and you may want to go back and check this because i don't know if it's changing or if i misread anything so but this is what i recall from reading my email or you could move your badge to next year they would just keep the money and apply it to next year and you'd have a badge for next year's gen con or you could donate it to help them keep their costs as a donation to say hey just keep my money uh, we're sorry we can't come this year, but we'll see you next year kind of thing. Those were the three that I think were the options for you to, to deal with what your badge um, is going to become. Because we, you know, I bought a four-day badge, which I think was like 100 bucks or something at this yeah. point. Um, so I think I'm going to let mine roll over. There's no reason I can see why I wouldn't be going next year. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's what I'm doing with mine. Room's canceled, but they haven't really said online stuff yet. Though I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, that the community is getting together just like for D&D Live and saying, hey, why don't we just do something? It wouldn't surprise me if they said, hey, these dates are open. Why don't we all just get together and do some online stuff and sign up for games and play through Zoom or, you know. Yeah, uh, I haven't I haven't seen that. Uh, I think Gen Con will probably pull something like that together. Um, it's just nobody was planning for that, so they don't have it in place. Uh, yeah. But specifically, I... Uh, I, I feel like I read this, but now I'm not sure uh, that they were going to have an online version of uh, the retails retailers. So like the people that were pushing games and the people that had, uh, you know, dice and everything else for sale. Uh, they want to make like a here's what would have been at Gen Con. And then you could uh, peruse that. And I was like, no, that, and I will like that sounds exactly. What Wouldn't I that be cool do, if so. they created like the 3D hall? 
They created all the booths. <laughs> they and don't you could walk around as like a little avatar and look at all the cool stuff and gather all the cool things. Set a so second cool. life Gen Con. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. That'd be sweet. <laughs> all right. Well, that's sad. We're not going to get it this year. Um, it was right. definitely a highlight of my year every year for the last four, at least. Um, but we'll move on. We'll continue on. We'll keep playing games and then. Uh, there'll be more later on i'm sure maybe maybe something after that maybe a pax after that'll be um maybe going to unplugged or something because i think that ends up being in november so far enough along that yeah they canceled uh nerdarchy the convention too got canceled so that was in october that's a shame yeah um all right it is well, that was the stuff that was canceled um, um and then this is kind of a i mean i want to bring it up because it's part of the DD community right now but a lot of a lot of a lot of people on Twitter are really upset, and that the hashtag Fire Mike Merles is uh, trending in tabletop community circles, um, because uh, Wizards of the Coast D and D team did a Twitch video on their stream uh, where they were interviewing Ray Winnegar, who's the new like lead producer guy of uh, the Dungeons and Dragons brand, um, and he. Uh, dropped the the fact that Mike Merles had never left the RPG team fully and is coming back on to it full time. Um, and a lot of people are upset about that because uh, there was some controversy with um, a playtester RPG creator named Zach S. And Zach uh, is not a good person and uh, a lot of... Uh, women were coming up and saying that they were a victim of abuse from him. Um, and specifically, I guess there's a paper trail that says this. I, I haven't, I feel bad talking about it when I haven't researched it that much, but the, the rumor is, is that uh, Mike Merles received these emails from victims of Zach S. And then instead of like doing nothing, he decided to hand those emails over to Zach, which allowed him to know who his accusers were and he was able to harass them more. And so it was kind of like, it, it's not a good situation. Uh, and uh, it, it feels like the D&D community that are upset about this thinks that Merle's took Zach's side. And in a way, it looks like he did by being like, hey, these people are talking crap about you. Um, and it looked like Wizards of the Coast was trying to save face because a lot of people were like, where's Mike Merle's? He's not been on Twitter. He's not been doing this. Like he's not active on anything. And a little while ago, a couple months ago, uh, Jeremy Crawford finally stepped up and said, oh, he's been gone from the D&D team for like a year. He's working on other stuff now. He's not doing any RPGs. And it's like, oh. And then we saw him at a Baldur's Gate thing. And we're like, oh, you're working on the video game side of it. I get it now. That's mm -hmm. kind of cool. Uh, but this, this interview with Ray Winnegar, he drops that. Um, and everybody... It's if you can go find the clip, you should because everybody's faces except Ray have minuscule but very uh like shocked eyes and and they all kind of like they all make a oh we uh, wasn't supposed to talk about that and so it feels like they weren't supposed to say that so a lot of people on Twitter think that uh, Hasbro and Wizards of the Coaster um, hiding basically this this bad event and they're trying to sweep it under the rug. Uh, so I don't know, like it's, it's not fun to talk about, but it is something that's in the news. And so I was like, I thought we should talk about it, but like thought solution. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're just going to send that to me. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. The problem is, um, 
it's just such an issue that comes up these days and it's a social issue and we're in the times now where we're trying to right those social injustices that happened in the past and it makes sense we're trying to be a society that moves forward and is able to correct these issues you know that happen and be more vocal about them and not because it you know if you go back in the past you go back in the 80s 90s 2000 it still happens today but even more prevalent it would be stuff like this would happen and nobody would talk about it exactly nobody would point the stuff out and it just would keep happening because it wasn't something that anybody talked about maybe you knew but you didn't really do or say anything and i feel like we're in a time now where people are more about no we want to point out these types of bad behaviors because the idea is that these behaviors shouldn't happen ever again so i mean i get that there's a lot of people that have opinions on it there's probably a lot of us that have lots of opinions when we don't have all information and we have strong opinions based on our own kind of experiences maybe something like that's happened to you yeah and so you feel super strongly about this maybe maybe you know i don't know i've always had good interactions with the person and then now that person's bad that's, you're kind of put in a spot of saying, I don't know, you know, and then it's just a weird thing because everybody wants you to have a very polarizing idea about stuff. Um, so, and it's, it, it's, it's yeah, kind of like the Adam Coble thing too, Yeah, where, I mean, I, like I mean that came out and everyone's like, oh my gosh. And he also just got off Twitter and, and yeah. not that he's trying to sweep it under the rug, but like, uh, I think, I think for the most part, people just want an acknowledgement and that's kind of what we're not getting. Like Wizards of the Coast is not doing that. And uh, Mike Merles is not coming out publicly and being like, I messed up. I'm really sorry. Always on the side of this. Um, and I will say that it it's just very important to believe and listen to victims. Because I think sure. that's where the real disconnect is, is somebody says, hey, this happened to me. And then everyone's like, are you sure? And it's like, you need to believe the victim. Um, so it's it's a hot item. A lot of people are upset. I don't know. If, uh, they want their thing, the, their love of Dungeons and Dragons, to not be associated with this. So that's why Fire Mike Merles is, is on uh, Twitter all yeah, the Yeah, and really, I mean, how, how far does something like that um, go? I'm not defending. I don't know if, if that fixes the. terrible. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if that. What, okay. So then he goes and works for. I don't know. He's a he's a TTRPG creator, so he goes and works for Pathfinder. Then is it you know hashtag Fire Mike Merles from Pathfinder, and then hashtag yeah. Fire Mark Merles from Monty Cook, and then is it you know and he did something terrible. And let's find ways that people can fix what they did that was wrong, and help future things not happening. Not yeah. just let's destroy somebody because we can and we're mad about it. You know we're supposed to be a compassionate people. We're supposed to understand, like you said, we're supposed to look at anybody that is a victim and be able to listen and acknowledge them. And we also are supposed to understand about forgiveness and moving towards a resolution that um, maybe changes a person or maybe helps them understand why it was wrong and why, you know, there's a path past that. And we don't hear a lot of, Hey, here's how you move down that path. of This is a better way to go here's the path we want you to walk off a cliff is the path you're given. And with Adam, Adam did a horrible thing and I watched it and it was horrible, but I still like him. I don't think he's the devil. I don't think he's evil. There's a path of redemption somewhere. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it is or how you do it, but there should be one that you could follow. And I would hope that us as a people could help guide people to that path. Not just the, let's just, you know, get rid of them. 
Yeah, they're they're wishing bad things on him, which uh, I totally yeah. understand and I sympathize with. But uh, you, going on off of your statement, I think the the path of redemption is honesty and truth and transparency. Sure. And uh, not just being silent and trying not to say anything is kind of interesting. So I don't know if you see it floating around, uh, you can you can Google and find some information. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just not not a fun topic of conversation, but um, important to talk about it so that stuff like this doesn't happen again. So it doesn't and, happen yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. And, that's I the mean, thing. <laughs> the, the other thing, like, I think it, it's weird where it's an uncomfortable thing, but it's like, no, you need to you need to talk about this. Yeah. You need to listen to victims. You need to understand them. And you need to say, don't, don't be uh, abusive to don't, people. Don't do that. Just yeah. don't be abusive to people. Be nice to people. And you don't have this happen. You're just, you know. <laughs> I always follow the rule of Bill and Ted from Bill and Ted's okay. Excellent Adventure, which is be excellent to each other. Be excellent to um, each other. I like it. <laughs> shifting gears to uh, our bardic inspiration. Um, I think I've done this one before, so I feel kind of bad. But uh, the all-orc adventure that we talked about earlier made me think of doing an all an adventure where everybody is the same class. So all clerics, all wizards. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be fun to be like, we're all- I love all, the all clerics. You have done? No, I, I love the idea of all clerics. Yeah. For sure. So, like, what if you are all clerics, maybe of the same god, but maybe not? I don't know. Uh, I think it would be more interesting if you weren't. But, like, or you're all at a wizard school together, or you're all at, like, bard training together. Um, mm-hmm. I just like this idea. And uh, if you're all fighters, if you're all monks, there's a, a healing problem. But I think you could, you could redefine short rests and what hit dice do, and probably solve some of that, you know, or, or with healing potions or something like that. But I, I, there's a there's a quest there for five clerics, you know? Like, there is just, like, we need you to go clear out all of these undead, and you guys are the best suited to do it. We're going to send in five clerics. It's going to be awesome. And I like that idea. And you have the nature cleric, and you have the light domain cleric, and you have all this other stuff. And so they're, they're you know, all have similar abilities, but yet different. Um, and it might be fun for a cleric to play melee or be a tank or something like that because usually it's like well if i pick cleric i know i have to be the ranged healer and i have to do this but if you're five clerics it would be like mm-hmm. hey i've got a mace i'm gonna try i'm gonna go do this i don't know <laughs> um so i like that idea of it it's kind of fun uh it reminds me of uh the original final fantasy game for nes one of the challenges was to beat the game with uh five of the same class because you get mm-hmm. to choose, like, do you want a monk, a fighter, a wizard, a cleric, a red mage, or something, and uh, or a black mage and a red mage, white mage, Final Fantasy rules. Um, and that was the thing, like, can you beat the game with four white mages? And you can, and it's fun, and it brings a new mm-hmm. challenge and a new spin on it. So I like that. Yeah. I don't know. And that's kind of, I feel like that's a that would be a fun campaign. And maybe that's something you could write for the DMs Guild. Just like, this is an all-orc adventure. Mm-hmm be like this is an all cleric adventure yeah and that's the type of group i would i would be a uh, fun i would be a player that would volunteer for something like that i don't know if all players are into that because like as we know when when we tell our players right now hey we're going to start a new campaign they're already starting to think about ideas of their characters without mm-hmm. even knowing anything else because they have ideas for cool characters that they want to play from whatever it might be as my dogs go crazy out there um but I do like the idea that if you have the right player group that's ready to get into it, like you said, like maybe our town has a set of four prominent churches 
and each of them have they're sending a delegate to say hey we have this big problem that's happening over the horizon yeah we're each going to send one of our people to deal with it and you as a group go deal with this thing on the horizon before it gets to our town you've got to deal with this thing and so now you're you have this cool dynamic of well, my, I do what my church is and I have my way of doing things and our belief system in the way, but now I'm having to work with this other group because we were told by our superiors to deal with this. We have to work together. We can't just fight amongst each other because there's a bigger evil coming type thing. So I like that idea or the idea that we're all thieves because we've started our own thieves guild in a town. Yeah. So we're all a bunch of, you know, you know, we just go around and be a bunch of cutthroats and cut purses and whatever or maybe we're all smugglers and we all have the thief class we're doing that kind of stuff or i wonder how balanced anything. the game is to uh something when it's like all that. the same when it's yeah. all the same class nowadays so. probably not so bad with the types of subclasses you can yeah because you can get the healing from different places even if you didn't multi-class like even if you left multi-class mm. out of it i think you could get there in the early days Maybe not so much. Maybe it was harder because you couldn't get as many healing options as we have now. I'm just thinking about how many sneak attacks you could get with an all thief. All yeah. room, sorry. Oh my God, um, tons. Be so Swashbucklers. Like, <laughs> and then it's always just like, well, who's going first? Because somebody has to run up next to it uh, in order for me to get sneak attack. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Um, I, I, I like wanted it. that, but yes, Belushin, what was your bardic inspiration for this? So game? mine, um, was funny enough. You, you could tell when I got my bardic inspiration, cause I typed at midnight on our mine and, uh, Jordan's discord, a thing about what would you call when we have kids on bikes, but if we did a D and D version, so a fantasy medieval version, and we were like, we know about kids in space. We know kids on brooms. We got kids on bikes what would you do for a D&D &D version of that? So I was trying to think of kids on wagons, like kids in dungeons. That doesn't sound like anybody would buy that. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like I was trying to figure out kids on dragons. I'm thinking, okay, now we're getting closer to something cool. But then my idea was campaign-wise, I was just sitting up, and it's probably because um, I've been watching way too much Naruto and um, all these other uh, kids go to magical academies to learn special ability anime shows that are on you because that's what all anime is, it mm -hmm. seems like. And I started thinking about what if we ran a campaign that was an angsty teen campaign. You're all teenagers. Your parents were adventurers, famous adventurers. You're the children of them. And maybe you kind of disdain them in some way. You're just like adventurers. Uh, you know, they're overrated. My dad was never home. You know what? Just get into that real angstiness. But they somehow go on an adventure. They're somehow drug into a campaign of sorts. And those are the types of characters. And the idea is to get your players willing to want to play in a campaign like that and then lean into the real teenagery part of living in this world. Because what would it be like to be a teenager in this world, right? What are the problems you have as a teenager there where everything is super dramatic? You know, uh, what kind of school are you going to if you are? What kind of friends would you have? Where do you hang out? because you hate adults and you think they're boring and dumb and you don't want to listen to them anyway. You know, like how do you dive into that? But your backdrop is forgotten realms, right? That's yeah. your, your backdrop. So what is the local mall? And, you know, <laughs> no, I, realms? there was a, a, an actual play that I really enjoyed called uh, a podcast called board with life adventures. I think I've mm -hmm. mentioned it before. They have sadly stopped producing content um, because I think, uh, I think a lot of podcasts just stop sometimes, you mm -hmm. know, 
Oh, yeah. Um, every, yeah. Everybody gets real lives and things like that. But yeah. uh, uh, I really enjoyed it. Their last game that they didn't get a finish, the whole idea of it, was something called XP Academy. And they were all like 14 to 16-year-old kids at this mm-hmm. academy learning to be adventures, adventurers. And so they needed to get XP to come back and like learn how to do stuff. And they would role play going to class. There was a prom <laughs> episode. I mean, yeah. it was so fun. And then they would go out and like actually do D&D stuff. But uh, I agree, I think that's a lot of fun. I'm a sucker for teen angst movies. There you um, go. <laughs> I, love, I love movies like that. Uh, and I don't know why, I've just always, I've, when I was a younger, when I was younger, like in my twenties, um, a lot of those teen movies have like twenty-year-olds as yeah. the teenagers in like a high school mm-hmm. because they need adults who aren't in school and don't have to have a lot of stuff and can work, you know, twelve-hour days for a film shoot. Uh, and so, if you looked young, they would hire you to then be a, a teenager. And I looked very young. Uh, and I was so excited. I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to do these teen angst movies and it never worked out, but yeah, it's really cool. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fun idea. I think there's a lot so, of, cool yeah, that was my bardic ideas. inspiration. We did a little bit of it with, uh, McLancy Waddle adventure when, uh, you got to play because my backdrop for that was, it was a town that had a tragedy 10 years ago where some kids were trying to explore like an old cave or an old tunnel or something, it collapsed and they had, and these, these teenagers were killed. Cause that's usually always the teen angsty story of the town, right? Mm-hmm. Several years ago that the kids were at the quarry and somebody drowned and it was all bad. And then we pick up 10 years later, the kids that hear about that story and know about it. And so this town would try to train their youngsters into how to be adventurers because they knew they couldn't stop them from going out into this dangerous land. You could just say, hey, guys, don't go out of town. It wouldn't work. They always would go out because of kids. They always find a way to not do what the parents tell them. So they would put them in basically, like you said, an academy where they train them how to use rope and survival gear and swing a sword and wear armor and that kind of stuff in the hopes that because they can't stop them, that they at least be safer than if they didn't train them at all and try to. Mm. So that was that whole premise behind it. I thought that's such a cool way to maybe start, but you do have to get player buy-in. It's got to be something your players want to buy into. And I think if you lean into them when you're when you're explaining it to them, hey, we want to do this real teen angsty kind of, you know, uh, old John Hughes movie style kind of campaign. I think it would be funny because you could lean into the Breakfast Club kind of stuff. You could lean into you know, sixteen candles on top of. We're in Forgotten Realms in a dangerous world of adventure. So AJ Pickett just cool. said uh Water Deep High. I think that's yeah, the name Water of your, Deep High. I think that's there the name go. of your campaign. <laughs> I love it. So that's this week's Bardic Inspiration. Definitely remember to always uh put your week's bardic inspiration in the comments we love to hear what kind of cool ideas just pop out of your head or because you're watching something or reading something and you go you know what this would make a cool adventure why don't we do this so we always like to share those with everybody so bark 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 um that's awesome so uh lucian i'm excited for what we're going to talk about next your game um you you lost your other character or do we did you create a new character what's going on you didn't like your character or they didn't align. Yeah. That's right. My first character didn't align. So that was the Cavalier who then decided, um, and we have a party going on outside, so the dogs are out going crazy. So I do apologize for that. <laughs> but you know what? They haven't they haven't got together in a while, so it's fine. 
Um, so yeah, so my Cavalier was a really good guy, and I wanted to play him as a good straight guy, and he didn't match with the group that was a bunch of criminals and cutthroats in this Waterdeep campaign we've been playing. That's also part Acquisition Incorporated, part Waterdeep Dragon Heist, right? And uh, so I switched my character out to a Gloomstalker Ranger that's a, definitely a lot more edgelordy and a lot more willing to, you know, um, not worry about moral lines in this part and fits into the group pretty well. Well, last week we had a death of one of our rogues who actually died, failed saving throws and decided, you know what, I'm just going to roll up a new character. And that's mm -hmm. Ak Inc. The HQ sent a replacement. So we got in the mail, I guess, or however <laughs> you want to say it, we got a Warforged uh, Echo Knight shows up at the door and now they have joined our Ak Inc. Enterprise franchise. So it's funny that we've been in this game that we've started at level one, We've all just barely hit level four at this point. Mm -hmm. We've played probably, I want to say a dozen sessions. We're maybe 12 or 13, maybe 14 sessions into this campaign so far. And we've already had two character changes as the group is beginning to, you know, figure itself out. And, and, and as we move on, I think as we start to get higher level, we won't be dying off or changing as much, but there was definitely a lot of change in the beginning. So that's mm -hmm. what I felt I wanted to point out this week was this idea that there was a lot of change in the beginning of the campaign as we all get used to characters or just the idea that we are getting the character we want to play for the long term like i i like this one character but now i'm starting to lean into my gloom stalker and there's a real cool camaraderie building there's this cool teasing thing going on there's this cool group dynamic that's starting to form and this will be a nice group dynamic to take for a one or two year kind of campaign um, which is what this one should be is a pretty long campaign with our Australian dungeon master, Danimal DM, who's been doing great. So that's what we were doing. And I thought it was fun. We have a, I know you love a, a Warforged. This one's an Echo Knight. So he's yeah. doing some cool Echo Knight stuff with the new class. We lost the Soul Knife because we that's what he was as a, right. a thief Soul Knife. He died. So now we're getting a Warforged Echo Knight. Oh, no, I love I'm the a, idea of like a robot showing up and it's like, I'm yeah. the Acquisitions Incorporated, blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah. that's that's a fun twist on a game. And it looks like uh, uh, the Echo Knight would be, I mean, thematically really fun with a Warforge because it's all about having this, um, I don't know, projected image or something. And yeah. so if you literally did have holographic projectors on you and that's what you were mm -hmm. doing to make the thing, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's like you swap places and yeah. stuff and there's some cool things that they're going to be able to do. And he's come up with some cool ideas on how to describe it. So I think that's going to be cool. Just like my character is a Gloomstalker, but he's a bugbearer. And I'm really coming at this, how to make this one different. It's not our archer. Um, my heels are going to look very different. My heel is more like... Um, the, the hammer fist to the heart as if you're going to shock it back into working again. Mm. You know, it's not necessarily like a, a cool mystical magic. It's like this more guttural types things that's happening. And he's a two weapon fighter, close and ambushing character, even though it's a ranger. So it's playing a ranger in a different way. Um, and I'm enjoying it. Gloomstalker is cool. You can say rangers broken all you want, but play a gloomstalker and you might not think rangers are broken I, well we were again i was talking about that with my friends uh on thursday and i feel like gloomstalker is the only i mean you can play a ranger and have fun but if you want to be on par with the other players at the table uh mechanic wise gloomstalker is kind of your only option it is it is a really powerful it's a good ranger it's a good ranger but uh, I don't like that they fixed the ranger by making a subclass that makes the other ones obsolete i guess so 
that's my well, story. How did what what happened in your D and D week? Yeah, um, I had to cancel my DCC game because of this house selling stuff that we're doing. Um, but uh, we're gonna reschedule. They're all really excited for it. It's gonna be fun. But I, and I'm still reading this Dying Earth short stories. Um, which is just making me so excited for the 2021 Kickstarter that uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics is going to do. Um, in uh, D&D news, Rod of Seven Parts is going strong. Like, they're having lots of fun. Uh, they got the third fragment from a giant, and they pieced out of there really fast, stealing it away. Um, and now they've arrived in Candlekeep, and they're looking for a way to reattach the rod parts. Um, and this is where, mechanically, the game's going to get kind of interesting, because right now... There's three rod fragments, and three players can hold on to those rod fragments and each do one thing. But when you attach them, only one player will be able to hold on to that. And so that one player will be able to do three things, um, but as they get uh, attached, new stuff gets unlocked. So, like, I think with three, uh, you'll be able to, like, fly or something. Like, I'm not sure. I'll have to look at it. But, like, it's really, it gets really powerful. And when all seven are there, like, you're awesome. So I'm kind of, I, I think the dynamic is interesting because they all want this rod fragments for different reasons. Some some for the Zentarum, some for their government, uh, some to, like, maybe I could use this to, like, jumpstart my... Um, uh, buying and selling career kind of a thing, be a merchant again. So it's uh, it's one of those, like, who gets the really powerful magical item, you know? So uh, we're having a lot of fun. Again, that's live on Wednesdays, uh, but you can listen to the MP3 on my Patreon, um, or you can listen to it on uh, Nerd Immersion on uh, YouTube, Nerd Immersion Plays. And uh, I'm going to prep that game tomorrow, unless I have to, like, show the house, uh, again on Twitch. So if you... Uh, want to follow me on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash Jordan with PH in the middle. Um, and I will be streaming that on 9 a.m. Pacific tomorrow. No, you should absolutely have your wife show the house while you're streaming. Have them walk no, it'd be great. Hey, everybody, the blah, blah, blah. They're like, what? <laughs> I always, I thought it might, it's probably, I'm, I don't know. I thought, I was like, what would I do if I walked into somebody's house and I saw just this wall of nerd and like a <laughs> microphone and all this other, I'm like, this guy You'd be friends be with him. You'd be like, like, hey. I'd leave a note, again? call me. <laughs> yeah. Let's play some games. Yeah. Um, and then finally, my tiefling wizard, uh, Joshe Manu Manu, who uh, my Manu wife was Manu. making fun of his name, but I really like it. I'm like, no, his name's Joshe, Joshe Manu Manu. Uh, Joshe is in some hot water. We're tracking a guy that stole a device that sucks all of the air out of a mile radius or a mile yeah, mile radius um, for a minute or maybe, no, for like 10 or 15 minutes or something. So basically, like, you're going to kill every oxygen breathing creature within a mile. And the the drop uh, or the story, like, backdrop of Wildmount is that there are these two large factions fighting against each other. And mm -hmm. so if one side got this, they could do a devastating blow to the other. And we as adventurers are going to be like, what do we do? We want to we want to like figure out how to destroy this and stop them from using it, but we have to find it first. Um, we found the guy who stole it, tracking him down through a, a swamp, which was really fun. We found the guy who stole it, but we uh, don't know. He's trying to like auction it off to the highest bidder kind of a thing. And then he actually got teleported away and we we lost him. So now we're kind of in hot water because they know uh, we're looking for him and they know that that we know that he has the box and what it can do. 
And so security is going to be on high alert and I'm just not really sure what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> we're going to play that tonight unless I have to show the house or something, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm just, I love wizards. It's been so much fun playing a wizard. Um, we're writing, uh, I'm writing some custom spells for Josh A so that he can do some cool conjuration things. And uh, a conjuration wizard specifically is not the most powerful wizard, but I think is the the um, school that I like the most. Because mm -hmm. I don't, as a wizard, I don't necessarily enjoy um, uh, high damage and things like that. I'm like, I don't know. I, I have a player that is very excited about his evocation wizard, and he's done the math that now that he's at like 14th level, he can auto make the people auto fail these resistances and do like up to 75 damage with fireball. And I'm like, that's cool. That's how you get your kicks. I really like that. I can cast rope trick and hide out in a subdimensional space. I like that. I can conjure flowers in my hand and hand them off to people. So, uh, conjuration wizard is definitely for me. It's, it's a lot of fun. My um, favorite was war mage. And yeah, I just love the idea of the shields and protecting and be able to stand in the front line and take a hit and wasn't all about damage output, but it was being, you know, about useful on the battlefield, yeah. doing lots of cool things. And there's so many ways you can play a wizard, which is what I really like about the class. It's one of yeah. my favorites for sure. No, and uh, with the Bladesinger wizard that Ted plays in my Rod oh. of Seven Parts, the AC bonus and the way he's playing it, um, it's kind of similar to the War Mage in that he's deflecting blows with magic and he's doing all this mm -hmm. cool stuff. And it's it's interesting. It's really fun. Um, I think that's also a, a way that I never really thought I would play. Um, but yeah, it's I, I really, I mean, they, they did really good with a lot of the classes, mm -hmm. but uh, I just, I've always liked Wizards and I think it's really fun, so. But, you know, I just realized too, I want to play in an all Warlock game. Oh, How badass with an all warlock game no that would be really fun yeah um specifically uh yeah i have a campaign setting where warlocks are the main source of magic that i want to like flush out more but uh no an all warlock campaign that'd be really cool so that'd be cool because you could be like hey we're all a fiend warlock but different fiends but he well no or even the same it doesn't matter but my point is you're all fiend but this guy's tome your pact of the blade your pact yeah. of the chain and your guys are like complimenting each other and that could be a lot of fun so yeah that could be very cool i want more packs that's what i want i need a book with more warlock packs yeah for sure yeah <laughs> all right well we're getting close to the end there we what are you take us away uh i suppose i can we're ending early what are we what are we happening Oh my what gosh. The, what happened? Uh, well, it's a holiday weekend. We want to get out. That's true. We want to enjoy our families. We I want to get clean out to the house, party. guys. It's crazy. We got um, beautiful weather. Thank you guys so much for coming out and watching us live. We had a really good conversation in uh, the YouTube chat. So thank you. Uh, AJ Pickett, you're awesome. Uh, I, I always love seeing you in chat. You all, if you like my lore videos, Go subscribe to AJ. He does a really good job. AJ's got um, some great videos. And he's got some great videos. And he's been uh, making a lot of videos. We should have AJ on the lately. show. Have we, we should. Had him? AJ, yes. do you want to be on the show? Maybe we'll talk next week. We should have a guest on us. What are you doing on a Saturday? <laughs> so, yeah, what do you do? You're in uh, uh, Australia, I think. So um, I'll, Perfect. I'll, I'll email you. Should be good. Um, <laughs> anyway, really excited. Uh, thank you again, Lucian, for, for co-hosting yeah. with me. It's a lot of fun having you here. Um, we're really enjoying everything. And we will... Be here next week pending my house selling, and we'll see. But uh, for all intents and purposes, we'll be here next week. Uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Take care.
Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.